0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, into episode 212, 212 of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Quealy, and alongside me virtually is James Cook, senior sports writer with the Record Eagle. Uh, The Get Around Podcast, of course, is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations in Traverse City. They make subs that are freaky fresh. Freaky fast. Jimmy Johns. Freaky yeah. Thank you, James. How you doing? Which um which Ryan Reynolds movie did we both end up watching last night without knowing about it? Since I
1: actually I I kept the streak going and I watched uh, over the weekend I watched Green Lantern.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I was hoping to uh, I, I was hoping to continue the uh, the, the streak as well. Uh, that was the plan, anyway. We were trying to I was trying to figure out whether or not I was gonna watch the Amityville Horror, uh, which had like a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, that, I mean, not that I really care what Rotten Tomatoes says. Uh, and then That's
1: wh- probably, the, probably higher than the Green Lantern, right? Rotten I would Tomatoes, right? I would
0: think so. And then I was trying to. Uh, there was another one. Oh, Red Notice. On Netflix, I haven't seen that one yet. That one's got the rock and uh, Gal Gadot. Did you know it's pronounced Gal Gadot and not Gal Gadot? Really? Yeah. I mean, a... Yeah. Found that out. I, I was, was like,
1: It was going to watch that other one. There was another sort of newer one, I think, that was on Netflix or something. Something six. Six
0: Underground. Six Underground
1: or Underground
0: yeah. Six or something like that. I think it's Six
1: Underground. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: <coughs> All right. Well, we we had a good
1: and I binge watched uh, the first season of Breaking Bad yesterday.
0: How do you, Uh, how do you do that? How do you binge watch? I try, I watched that series uh, when it was on. Like, so I followed that for the five seasons that it was on. And a couple of years ago, I remember trying to rewatch that and it was just like so dark and depressing. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I was like, I, I, thankfully I've already seen it and I, but, but I just didn't have the emotional capacity or mental health to to go through that. Again, it was just, it was brutal. I, that's why my brother, actually, my older brother, he stopped watching, and I think he stopped watching after the third season. He's like, I'm out. I can't do it. Did you not feel bad after, were you not breaking bad after watching? Well,
1: yeah, but I, I guess I can I separate that reality, I guess. Or something. I don't know. You know. I can just watch it and appreciate it for the, the drama that it is and not get too wrapped up in it, I guess. I yeah.
0: guess that's my problem. I should probably pull back emotionally <clears throat> and try to separate myself from that. Yeah, but it's... Well, I'm
1: just an emotional robot. You know?
0: <laughs> so have you seen Breaking Bad before, or is this your first time?
1: No, I'd watched the first few episodes um, like a year or so ago with my wife and she did not like it at all. So, we stopped and then I was like, "Okay, well, I'm sick. I'm at home alone this weekend cuz she's visiting her parents and everything." So, I'm going to watch Breaking Bad. So, I watched the whole first season and a couple episodes of the second.
0: Well, you are you're going to enjoy it. I'll say that. But I would also just advise to to take some breaks every once in a while and don't like make yourself watch nine or ten episodes in a row I mean that's I, I feel like that's good advice for any show uh, probably shouldn't be binging that many but I I, I know uh, a, a lot of people like to like to do that I'm trying to watch less TV uh, which is why I've canceled my Netflix Hulu and YouTube TV um, I would like to say that's because I, I Want to watch less TV? It's more of the fact that that's going to save me a hundred dollars a month, and with the with my new puppy, who is eating so much, uh, the any <laughs> any amount of money that I can save is going to be good. Plus, I'm going to have to start spending twenty five bucks a month on the MLB package so I can watch the White Sox. And um, but so any yeah, money that I can cut is is good.
1: And you got to watch the Oscars,
0: right? I I would did i was able to watch uh some of the oscars i turned it on right after the the incident that that happened like i turned it on and like um uh p diddy p diddy was walking out and then he said something about getting chris rock and will smith together and working things out i went okay i guess i should probably check twitter and then i checked twitter and the apparently the world was blowing up but
1: yeah i i I think after watching one of the episodes of Breaking Bad I logged on to Twitter and saw that what was trending and was like okay what's going on and it was like I think that was one of the biggest days on Twitter ever Twitter was just a buzz yeah with that. and I was deeply disappointed in the Twitter that nobody was able to point out that 20 minutes later for a tennis movie Will Smith won an won an Oscar after delivering a, a winner of a backhand
0: <laughs> i think i think that was it was an open it was an open for before
1: f- it would be a forehand yeah a forehand winner down the
0: line yeah it was uh it, it was definitely wild uh i'm i'm glad that uh when it comes to stuff like that i'm totally apathetic and couldn't care less i I feel like in certain situations like apathy is almost a superpower it's definitely a coping mechanism and like a survival instinct like being apathetic Mm -hmm. like i think there's too much to care about this day and age like there's just so much to care about and a lot of that has to do with the being bombarded by things on social media like the will smith slap around the world and everything else there's just no real option to, to bury your head in the sand and so what I've done, other than apparently when I'm watching Breaking Bad is I'm just like, I'm just shutting it down I'm just, I just, I'm not gonna care I can't care about those things I'm gonna focus on the things that I can and should care about like my family, and my dogs and that's about it
1: Yeah, I don't really have a side in this Will Smith versus Chris Rock thing I really like Chris Rock's stand-up and comedy and I enjoy some of Will Smith's movies. So, you know. Yeah, it's I, I think that his reaction at first was funny. He laughed at the joke.
0: Yeah, but I th- So, I think that was I saw a lot of people pointing that out and I really didn't want to talk about this on the podcast, but whatever, since we are talking really? about it, it's it's yeah. fine. But I think what happened is he initial initially thought that it was funny and then I think he looked at his wife and saw her reaction and saw that she did not think it was funny. Yeah, and so he was like, "Oh, all right. It's it isn't funny. It hurt her, so I'm gonna go do that." Uh, again, uh, uh, in my opinion, a uh, an unacceptable reaction. He, he could have yelled from his seat. He could have done the expletives and all that that he yelled uh, without going yeah. up there. And, <clears throat> but it just goes to show you, it's like a lot of people are 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 under a lot of stress and close to breaking. So it just needs that one little thing to, to push them over the edge. But, all right, we're cutting that off. I, like I said, I didn't want to talk about it, but since we did, it's fine. Uh, we, we do have a wonder, wonderful show for you. Uh, here today on episode 212 of the get around podcast a little bit later we will be talking to Lake Lino St. Mary's Dylan Barnowski and Sean Bramer we thought we were going to have August Schaub on as well but he apparently is lost in the mountains of North Carolina and uh, did not have a cell phone signal so but that's all right it was nice to have Dylan and Sean on Um, uh, definitely listen to that later if you feel like it go ahead and skip forward to that right now um but I want to get uh, into the, the Pulse and our conversation, kind of like a, a basketball season and postseason wrap-up. Uh, James, you put these two questions out on Twitter, and I thought it was uh, a perfect uh, kind of introduction to this conversation. And uh, you, had, you put two polls up, and you asked which boys and which girls team had the most impressive postseason run. What were the, what were the choices that you had again for those?
1: Okay, for the girls, it was Glen Lake, Lake City, and Galen St. Mary. So those are the three teams that made it the farthest.
0: And I saw Glen Lake had like 90% at one point.
1: But yeah, they ended up with 81.7% okay. of
0: the votes. Um, uh,
1: quite a few votes. The boys' one had four options. So it was Lake Luna, St. Mary, Cadillac, Grayling, and Benzie Central. Um, and that got almost 200 votes 199. And Lake Leonard St. Mary, won that one with
0: 56.3%. I think that makes sense, considering that those were the two teams that made it to the Breslin Center. And, yeah, uh, Ben 23,
1: Grayling 11.6, and Cadillac
0: 9%. Grayling's run was uh, incredible, simply because, I mean, you were looking at their their record. They were hovering around five hundred for most of the season. They were playing some pretty good competition, and I, I do think that prepared them for the postseason yeah Yeah, Um, the lake
1: michigan conference was pretty good and they had some pretty good non-conference games in there too
0: but i have to agree with the voters uh, at least on the boys side and say that it was lake Luna saint mary we talked about this with sean uh, and dylan the gauntlet they had to run through in in the postseason to get to the breslin was just so impressive tc christian buckley ellsworth McBain, Northern Michigan, Christian, uh, it was it was insane. They were always playing a good team and always had to be at their best during the postseason. And uh, I think that's what the postseason should be about. It should be putting players and teams and coaches to the test every single time. And we saw Lake on St. Mary do that and, and do it in such an impressive fashion.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we had, I mean, Grayling ended you know Lakeland ended a 72 year streak of not winning a regional grayling at what 67 65 67 Something like, was, yeah since they won their last regional you know uh benzie their their district win over saint francis was was crazy and uh and very emotional for them and you know cause a bunch of the players on the team had flu and everything which was a fairly common occurrence uh, around Northern Michigan this year was districts where it's just littered with players having the flu. And, uh, you know, so a lot of just kind of historic runs. And then, you know, Glen Lake going to Breslin for the third time in six years, is, that's just a pretty impressive run because that's not all the same girls. That's a continuous streak of multiple, multiple classes over years and stuff. So that by itself is impressive as well. You know, and then teams like Ellsworth and McBain and MC, you know, and the runs that they had were pretty pretty great, too.
0: Yeah, I think the Glen Lake girls is, again, that's an easy choice as well, uh, given the fact that they rolled to a 25-0 and record uh, before losing uh, in, the, in the semifinals as well. I would say that we were pretty lucky this season to be able to follow the teams that we did. We were, you know, down there at the end. Uh, it was down to, you know, three two or three teams that we were covering uh, and and able to give them the the coverage that they deserved and and get to those games. I I quite enjoyed, uh, even though uh, though Grayling lost in that game in the quarterfinals, uh, it was a surprisingly short three-hour drive, it felt like, going up there. Uh, The drive back, not so much. The drive back, I, I remember looking at my uh, my gps on my phone and i still had like an hour and a half and i went an hour and a half i just i just want to get home to my recliner that's all i want to do i just want to get home and uh it's the same
1: on the gladstone for that Glen lake game which was like a three hour drive too I mean, was that it
0: Gl- gladstone or uh engadine
1: <laughs> engadine sorry yeah I keep gladstone for some reason instead of engadine
0: yeah, we 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 both had trips over the bridge, and it was I, I feel very lucky that they. It was I think it was the following day, that they closed down, the Mackinac Bridge.
1: Because of the falling ice. Because of the
0: falling ice. Yeah, I think it was closed down Wednesday, maybe not Wednesday. It, it might have been Wednesday, or it might have been. Might have been Thursday, where that happened, and so.
1: the day. That uh, Lake of played you and Trout Creek, because I was like, man, if Trout Creek had lost this game, they wouldn't be able to go home.
0: Right, and you were probably uh, assuming that, I don't think that there were, I think the fans that were there uh, had probably left the day before, considering, I mean, that has to be <clears throat> a a haul from uh, the northernmost part of the UP down to down, uh, to East Lansing.
1: Yeah, you and the, I think I tweeted about this at one point during the week. The trip from you and Trout Creek to East Lansing is an hour shorter than from Green Bay to East Lansing. Or an hour hour longer, I mean.
0: Oh, so Green Bay, would they go down through Chicago?
1: Green Bay can go through Chicago and be an hour shorter to get to Lansing than from Trout, Trout Creek to get to Lansing.
0: Wow. That's wild. I want to complain about East Lansing real quick, and I did this when I got to the Breslin Center and we met up, but does it only have one gas station? In the whole damn city, I, I when I got off of the, the highway and, and pulled in, I was like, all right, there's a gas station right there, but you had to make a U-turn to go to get in it, and I'm like, all right, that's, there will be another gas station where I can turn right into, and it'll be fine. And I think I spent like 15 minutes driving around trying to find uh, a gas station and accidentally pulling into the Michigan State University campus and getting lost on there and going down a into like a cul-de-sac thing and i was not happy and i got to the breslin center and i i took a xanax to calm me down prescribed to me just so people out there uh are are aware of that it is prescribed to me but uh which was helpful because it calmed me down and uh i i stopped being upset about the lone gas station in east lansing until today
1: yeah i had a similar uh experience on my way out I was like, oh, I'll be able to just get some fast food you know, or something and to get some food on the way home no, like McDonald's was closed, Rallies was closed all this, I went to like five places five regular fast food restaurants before finally finding I think a Burger King or something like that that was open and it seemed like they were about ready to close down and this wasn't, like, that late at night or anything.
0: No, we got like, out of there. Uh, like how, 10, how long um, was it before uh, I left that you, uh, you were able to get out of there? Uh, like another half hour, 45
1: minutes, maybe, to finish uploading all the photos the, for the gallery and the, that sidebar story and stuff. So, so it wasn't incredibly late. The other thing about Lansing is way too many one-way streets.
0: Yeah, and and just the Wait. weird it's it's a weird traffic pattern that they have. But enough of again our, our complaining. Uh we already talked about kind of the most impressive runs that we saw. Uh I know we did the fantasy draft earlier uh this year uh for the the boys and and girls basketball teams, but I'm curious James, you're already working on the all region and the dream team for for basketball. So you pretty much have yourself uh, set up for this already. Um but if you were to put together a just a fantasy uh, team uh, of a uh, of high school basketball players, we'll we'll do 5 and uh, a bench player. What would kind of be your your dream team that you would put together?
1: Okay, so we start with boys or girls.
0: Yeah, we'll start with boys.
1: Boys. Um, you know, I mean, I think you can't ignore the leading scorer in the area by a lot. So I think you got you got to put Brock Broderick on there, yeah.
0: right? Yep.
1: Uh, you you got to have uh, Wyatt and Osatis on, on that team. I mean, that's a pretty good backcourt right there, having those two in your backcourt. Yeah. And then if you put, uh, I would say, Trevin Winkle at small forward, then you got to get some bigs. And you can go with, uh, I'm going to say, Cole Genema. And then Brady Ewing and Luke Hazleton.
0: Okay, I think that's... If those
1: three to, to come in, <clears throat> that would be a nice, a nice team to be able to mix and mash with. I mean, you know, are there other great players out there that you can throw in there? Absolutely. But I think that gives you a nice, versatile team. Of three scoring guards and three big, productive big guys.
0: Yeah, I th- I think Wyatt Nasaitis is a- an easy pick. That is the guy that you want running the floor. Your your floor general out there. And then yeah. based on what I saw in this postseason, and based on the play in the state semifinal, I I need Sean Bramer on my team because he yeah. is just too. He is Bramer is so determined. And he is, uh, at no point does he seem intimidated when he is out on the basketball court. Uh, he is always one that, he's like, give me the ball in this moment. I'll do uh, what it, what needs to be done uh, to get there. So I'll also take Brock Broderick. I'm certainly not going to ignore the, uh, the top scorer in the area. Uh, and then I'm going to take... Dylan Craig, I, I think he's cut from the same cloth as Sean Bramer, and I want those kids who are under control uh, and don't get too high or too low and are also just really, really talented out there. Uh, as for a, a pure scorer, I'm going to take Braden Steenwick out of Ellsworth. Uh, he can put up anywhere from you know 25 to 35 points. Uh, a game he's super talented and then uh on my on the bench that is that's a tough one you know what he didn't get picked in the the fantasy draft and it was an oversight on my part i wanted to pick him and then for some reason i didn't and i know that andrew took him in our non-drafted uh
1: yeah, we used to free t- agents, t- t-
0: t- but uh, I'm going to take Anthony Rival, uh, a sophomore out of Traverse City Central. Uh, he was super impressive this year, and um, in, in all the games that I saw. So, yeah, I'll I'll run I'll run those five out there and and have uh, Anthony on the bench. I feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, um, so when we did the the free agents, I think Andrew picked up Quinn Zickert and Nate Childers, and I picked up Rival and. Uh, Landon Kalabiak, because I wanted myself a, a pure three-point shooter, just somebody they can just bring off the bench and just let them bomb threes.
0: All right, let's move on to the, let's move on to the girls. Uh, we're both putting Grace Bradford on our team, right? That seems that's yeah, a gimme. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, considering, and we'll we'll announce this later, but uh, the the two definites that were on our teams just might happen to be the players of the year in their respective sports. So we'll see. Uh finish out your your five and then uh, your bench player.
1: Uh so after after Bradford, I'd have to go I'd have to go Lauren Wilder. I think uh you know she just had a great great season this season for Manton. Um uh, and it had to shoulder a lot of the load herself and and take a lot on for that team. Um after that, there's a whole lot of players, I think. Yeah, you know and it kind of so it kind of depends on what what you want. If you're if you're putting together a team, if you're just putting together the five best players, if you're going by positions or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I like uh, Taylor Petrosky from Charlevoix uh, can do a bit of everything. Um, you know, third leading scorer in our area. Uh, Emma Skirbeck from McBain like maybe one of the best three point shooters in the area and the fourth leading scorer in our area. And then your fifth player, it all depends on what if you're actually gonna try to play a game with this and you wanna fit somebody in your lineup or you're just taking the best talent or or whatever. So, I mean, you could have just about anything. I mean you've already got a point guard with Wilder. So maybe Maggie Napon is not a fit with your team because you already have a point guard or something. I'm trying to think. You've got Bradford in the middle. Petrowski is kind of a forward. Skierback can play anywhere on the wing. Mm. And you could go. You could go as your other one. You could go Summers, J.C. Summers, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Bisball, Kendall Stanfest. Uh, Megan Lautner had a really good season this year. If you're just looking for a shooter to come off the bench, Ava Schultz maybe
0: yep. is your part. Yeah. So <clears throat> with, with Grace Bradford, she does everything. She scores, she rebounds, uh, she's getting steals, playing great defense. Uh, in the games that you saw, James, she was always the one who was tasked with uh, having to get hands in the face out in the perimeter. and She always fi- seems to find herself I- in the right place. Uh, so she's definite on there. Uh, I am. I'm gonna go kind of similar to my drafted team. Uh, I I just like what Claudia Burley out of Grand Traverse Academy is capable of, because she is just a strong player down low. And yes, I do want to build a team, uh, and and not just the the five best players. But I I like uh, I like Claudia a lot. I want J.C. Summers out of Bel Air because she's a scorer and. Uh, gives you that other kind of dangerous option. Uh, and then I'm going to take Mackenzie Bisball out of Lake City.
1: I don't know if you saw her this at all on this season, but she's added an outside shot to her game. Yeah. I mean, so she's expanded her game.
0: And so I've got Grace, Claudia, JC. I'm going to take Mackenzie Bisball uh, just because she's such a talented player. That gives me four uh, I'll take Kendall Stanfest out of Elk Rapids, and then I will finish out with who I was able to see uh, play just once, but I really liked her style of play, and that's Grace Wolf out of Frankfurt. Uh, I think she would uh, complement the, the team really well. And does that give me six?
1: Counting Bradford, I think, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, obviously we're going to have some overlap uh, on our teams, but uh, it, was, it was a good basketball season, to, to say the least. I, I had a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy. It's the one thing that makes winter in northern Michigan uh, bearable when you're a sports writer, uh, even when you have to travel in uh, gnarly weather. But um, definitely a good basketball season. All right, and speaking of basketball, And speaking of uh, two of the players that we were able to put on those teams, I know that you had mentioned uh, Barnowski, and I obviously talked a lot about Sean Bramer. They joined us on the podcast a little bit earlier today. Why don't we go ahead and listen to that interview right now with Lakeland All Saint Mary's Dylan Barnowski and Sean Bramer. Alright, it's uh, wonderful to welcome in two Lake uh, St. Mary Eagles. Maybe have three here in a little bit, we're not sure. Uh, August Shab is in the mountains of North Carolina, so he might not have... S- well, currently he doesn't have cell service, I would imagine. Uh, but we do have Sean Bramer and Dylan Barnowski here on the podcast. Welcome in, boys, how you doing?
2: Great, how are you?
0: I am doing pretty well, not as... Nice as you guys are doing, considering that uh, we're covered in snow here in Traverse City. I can't imagine there's snow down in Florida. Nope. Sunny in about 75 here. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) You guys (laughs) (laughs) suck. I think think Traverse City gets like three or four of those days uh, uh, throughout the summer. I think the winters just keep getting longer and longer. But uh, we are really happy to have you on here. Sean, this is the second time. That we've had you on here? Because we had you uh, back during football season for the uh, the hook yeah. and ladder. Actually, yeah. it's
1: third.
0: It's just thir- it's third.
1: We had Sean and Dylan on last year.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I do remember that.
0: <clears throat> well, welcome again. Uh, <laughs> how are you guys feeling uh, about, I don't know, four or five days uh, after, after the loss? I'm, I'm sure it still stings, but I would imagine being in Florida takes a little bit of that sting away. Yeah,
3: we feel pretty good. I mean, it is sad that we lost, but in the end, we made a little bit of history, and it was still a lot of fun to just go down there and play, even though it didn't go in our way. Maybe we can just get down there next year again, too, and have another shot at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it. Is it a little bit better that the team that you that you lost to, I mean, they go in the state finals, and they play pretty well. I mean, they lose in overtime. I mean, pretty, pretty darn close state finals game there with Wyoming Tri-Unity.
2: Yeah, it kind of makes us feel like, you know, we were right there. We we're, I mean, we feel we were just as good as a team, so to see them going to overtime makes us feel like we can be back there next year, do the same thing.
0: Sean, your drive and will in, in that game, you just took over parts of it. What was going through your head on the court, or were you just unconscious out there and focused on, on getting back?
3: Yeah, I was just trying to grind and get our lead back because obviously we've been there a few times. I mean, I just knew it was possible to get back into a game like that. And all you got to do is just grind for a little bit and then try and pull it through. But, yeah.
0: What were you thinking when you were down 17?
3: Can't lie. There was a little bit of doubt in my mind for a little bit. But, I mean, I can't just lose all faith in our team. But we grinded back a little bit.
1: Well, I guess you guys, uh, there's got to be some fun stories from you guys coaching the elementary kids, right? Oh, yeah. some are the best memories of that? Well,
2: um, honestly, just seeing those kids run up and down the court, and it's just so fun to see a smile on their face while they're playing the game. Like, I remember one time we went to uh, Sutton's Bay and we were playing, and we bought them donuts beforehand, and we were giving them all incentives like, all right, you got to make four shots, and you guys can have a donut after the game. And they're making a shot, and they're running down the court, smiling, holding up the number four like they just made their fourth shot. It was. It was something so special to be a part of.
0: I mean, that's perfect. You just fill those kids with sugar, and then <laughs> send them out on the court and let them be hyper and run around. I mean, that what a, what a great strategy. You guys are already <laughs> good coaches. Right? right? So, uh, Dylan, your dad coaches the team. Uh, I saw him when you guys played uh, T.C. Christian, and he played in that uh, that very close game. I think you guys mm-hmm. won 47-46 or 46-45, something like that. Uh, and your dad was slightly intense, to put it mildly. Uh, what is he what is he like as a coach? Because th- there was a little bit of, uh, of I'm going to say, anger during that yeah.
2: game. Well, I mean, honestly, for me personally, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, he's my dad. So he can let his anger out on me. Obviously, coaches aren't supposed to just let all their anger out on their kids because, I mean, they're their coach not their parents but for me it's like he can just his anger shows and he he kind of channels it through me and he doesn't put blame on me but he kind of makes it like it's almost my fault that we're down so and that motivates me i mean it's honestly a great coaching move on his part because i don't want to disappoint so as soon as he gets angry at me i just i try and go out and perform
0: Love the honesty there. I feel like we're in a, a nice therapy session. You're getting some of this off your <laughs> chest. It's great. So I, I'll I'll give this to both of you guys. Uh, better Coach, Garrick Opie, or Matt Barnowski? <clears throat> can't. can't. <laughs> I knew I was going to put you guys in that situation. You guys were like, no, I'm not answering that question. Absolutely not. <laughs> coach
2: Opie's a great guy. Yeah, they're both. I mean, obviously, I have a personal relationship with my dad, but they're both incredible coaches, and I'm sure Sean says
0: the same Yeah, yeah I'd say you guys are, are fairly lucky to have uh, two coaches that were able to get enough out of you guys to lead you to the state championship stage in, in two different sports. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment for you guys. I don't know if you realize how big of an accomplishment that is, but it it, it really is quite amazing mm-hmm. for four of you uh, to make it to... Uh, the. A state championship game in football, and then a state semifinal uh, in basketball. For really sure. crazy,
2: for sure. Yeah, it was just. It's been a crazy year, to be honest. Crazy thing to be a part of in both football and basketball, and we've grown relationships that are, will last forever.
1: Okay, so I'm, I remember last year I was doing a story, and uh, Dylan and I put in there about how your dad calls you "lost and found" <laughs> because you always are losing things. So oh, yeah. Like the equivalent for Sean? Oh yeah, what
2: do I
0: do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brain fart on please I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know. Uh, yeah, what
3: do
0: I do? There's not
2: really much he, we can make fun of Sean for, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's, I mean, he pretty much does it all, and he doesn't really have anything special he makes fun of him for. Sometimes I
3: say some stupid stuff.
2: yeah but true. <laughs>
3: you know.
0: Everyone does. <laughs> so, James, you brought this up off the pod, and Augie's not here, but uh, do we want to talk about the facial expressions that uh, Mr. <laughs> he, he makes when he's on the court? I know James he's has always, got plenty of uh, pictures of that. He's always done that. I mean, sometimes I I remember it
3: more, like, back in when we were younger, but he would just make this face where he sticks his tongue out, and you just <laughs> knew he was going hard in that moment. Yeah. He was, Gonna get the worst.
1: <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, like whenever he takes the ball to the to the rack, it's like he's got his mouth wide open and this like just look on his face and everything. It's just it's pretty awesome for photos because it's very expressive.
0: <laughs> for sure, yeah.
1: Looks like he's about to go take a hit in football.
0: How do you guys feel about having your picture in the paper? Do you look at it and go, man, I really wish they didn't use that one because my face looks ridiculous. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's kind of cool to see yourself like. I think there's a picture of, I know there's a picture of me, and I've got the ball gripped super hard. and My face is looking all whack, and my hair's everywhere. But it's kind of cool to see, like, in the moment, what you look like. You know, you may not like the outcome, but it's cool to see.
1: Um, one thing uh, I was asking about is that they said that, like, during your summer camp at Hope and stuff and, uh, and everything, uh, that people were noticing that you make guys you guys make a lot of your mom jokes. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we do that occasionally. <laughs> uh, man, that had a lot to
2: do with the the senior class this year. They were big into it. Yeah, it's funny. But right? yeah, I mean, we get my dad laughing a, a few times where he just would start uncontrollably
0: laughing. So,
1: yeah, you That's guys saw. You guys, who had the best ones?
0: Oh man, I don't even know. Yeah, let's repeat some of these on the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. A great one
1: though for after we're done. But
0: you guys saw a lot of really good competition uh, this season. Oh, yeah. And I'm um, I'm curious to know if there is a player from an opposing team that you would slot onto the uh, Lake Lanai St. Mary roster if you had the chance. I mean, there's
2: there's plenty that. We, we played against plenty of incredible, lots of incredible talent. And, I mean, it's hard to choose just one player because you want to give credit to so many. I mean, Trevin Winkle, amazing player. Brock Broderick, amazing. Luke Hazleton, all such good players that we would love to have on our roster. But I don't know if I could really pick one from all the teams we've played.
1: How, how cool was it that the, the run that you guys played in the playoffs, I mean, you had a, a run there where you didn't, you never had a night off in the playoffs. You you played a team with a, a really good winning record every round. You didn't get any free passes.
3: Yeah, it was a grind. I mean, we knew that going in, ever since the first game of Districts, that just, even TC Christian, they were out to beat us, considering that we beat them two times in the regular season. And then Buckley, we played them, I don't know, a week or two weeks before we played them in the District Finals, so we knew they were out to get us right away, and And Ellsworth, they have a chip on our shoulder (laughs) because we've beaten them the last few times, too. And uh, everyone's just out for you. And we knew that going in, and it was going to be a grind to get where we wanted to go. But we kept that faith in our
0: team. Yeah, I'd say that you guys probably had the toughest road to the Breslin Center uh, because there wasn't a, a single sort of cupcake on there where you'd be able to just I'm not saying take the night off, but you could relax knowing that you're like, all i right, right, we're playing forest area or Leland yeah. we will be fine. Uh, do you think that's <laughs> going to help prepare you for next season? Because you faced such good competition. You were like, now we know exactly what it takes. A hundred percent.
2: I mean, now we know. Yeah. Like you said, now we know what it takes. We know each and every single playoff game, Teams are out. They know they're, that it's their last game. There's seniors on the other side that are playing like it's their last game. So we know that if we don't come out our hardest, we could easily get upset. And, I mean, now next going into next year, it's just extra motivation. Losing that semifinal game really was tough. But to make the run that we did against the teams that we did and to make the, the history at the school was just incredible.
1: And talk about that run you made against Trout Creek. I mean, you were down 17. You come back, you get, you tie the game with what a minute or two minutes ago, and just what was that run of that comeback like? Honestly,
2: it's uh, it was kind of like a deja vu moment because we've done it so many times where we just we get down in the first quarter and we do it to ourselves. I mean, I don't know what what we do wrong in the beginning, but <laughs> we come out slow and then we just have to grind back. And so we we were used to it, but Sean obviously stepped up. Big time, and so did August. He hit some big shots. Both of them did.
0: I asked you about it in the press conference afterward, but I want to talk about those three three pointers that went, I mean, were in the basket and then came out. What were you guys thinking when those weren't falling?
3: Yeah, that was just, that was such a letdown. I remember I mm-hmm. uh, got the ball off the screen, I think it was, and I shot it, and it just looked so perfect, and then. Hit the rim like three times and then sat on top of the rim for half a second and then balled out. And it was just like a similar thing with Dylan's. And it yeah. was just like
2: two or three chances that we just had that were just so close. I remember watching Sean's three go and bounce, and I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to take the lead. And then it rolled off. I was like, uh, how did that? Yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Did
0: they feel good coming out of your hand where you're like, looks yeah. I like it? Hey, <laughs> <It> folks. Felt- <laughs>
1: Yeah, it did feel like a good shot, but <clears throat> I'll be honest—I didn't see any of those three because in that fourth quarter, the your guys' student section and crowd was so crazy that I was taking as many photos of them <laughs> as I of you guys. <clears throat> what was the? What's a, just talk about the support that you guys got from the community all along the way, and especially down at Breslin.
3: Unexplainable. Like they did so much for us, and I've never. I mean, just looking at our school, you wouldn't think we would have that many fans, but we had, like, entire, like, Lake Lake Illinois area just come to our games, and it was, it was crazy, and even when we went down state, there was food for us, like, more than I could ever eat, like, they just supplied everything for us, and everything was taken care of all, because they just wanted us to do our best.
2: They treated us like royalty, it was, it was one of the best experiences of my life, and we have to give all the thanks to our community for allowing us to do that. It was absolutely incredible.
0: Would you get recognized when you were like walking around town? Would like people come up to you just out of nowhere and uh, wish you good luck? Yeah, I've had a
2: couple, couple old guys give me a hug, and I, I honestly have no idea who they were. <laughs> hey, congrats! It's
1: like, oh, okay, cool. It's pretty cool. How, how different is it? One thing I noticed about your your student section. At your guys, is that your, your school is so small that pretty much all the boys are on the basketball team. Yeah. So the student section is like all <coughs> girls. <laughs> how different is that than other teams that you play against?
2: I mean, obviously, sometimes we can be loud, like guys can be loud, have louder voices, but honestly, having all the girls in the student section, they're just screaming, going crazy. It's, it's cool to see because it's basically our whole high school, like, is there. And it's only, if you take out our basketball team, there's only, what, like 45 more kids Mm -hmm. in our high school, and they all show up, so it's pretty cool.
0: What was your your favorite game this season, or the the one opponent that you really enjoyed playing against because of the high level of competition? Was it that Um, semifinal, or or was it Buckley, T.C. Christian, anyone like that? Ellsworth, obviously. There was
2: a lot of them, I mean... I think my personal favorite was got to be Nick Bain and MC just yeah. because of the atmosphere yeah. going into that game. Knowing we hadn't won regionals in seventy-two years was something so special. And mm-hmm. I mean, they were a good opponent too. We wanted to play them all year. We didn't get to play them last year because Frankfurt beat them in the regional semifinals. So it was a highly anticipated matchup.
1: Okay, so you guys are in Florida. What are your? What's the rest of your plans? What's the rest of your week look like?
2: No plans. No plans. Absolutely relax
0: and do nothing. <laughs> Just just Uh, beaching out? Yep.
1: Pretty much.
0: Well, we'll let you guys get back to it. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, And it was uh, a blast to follow you guys this season. Uh, A lot of fun to watch you. And uh, we'll be doing the same next year. So thanks again. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks again to Sean and Dylan for joining us. Uh, It is always appreciated when we get a chance uh, to talk, and especially since they were so kind to do that, uh, take uh, 15 minutes out of their spring break to to talk to us and uh, give us their perspective on what was an incredible season for the Eagles. Uh, Let's move now into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, Do a little bit different this time. We'll... uh, do the retroactive hall of fame and put in some players that that didn't get a a chance to get in i know that over the last couple of weeks we've kind of just given up on on voting and now we're just putting in all the players that we nominate which um i think we'll probably get back to in in the spring season just voting for one whenever it is that we get a new sports writer uh on the staff since right now it's just me and james and dude i'm gonna pat us on the back Right now, but we did a great job covering the basketball playoffs. We really I did think
1: that. We, I think for him and only two people, I think we did Yeah, pretty darn good job.
0: And yes, it involved me driving places and then sitting in my car and writing and then driving home and then pulling over when your story was in or when pages were ready to check. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's only, it was only a few nights that I had to do that. And while they were long, long days and long nights, uh, the coverage that we were able to put together with just the two of us uh, was really impressive. So I just want to say I I appreciate your work, James, and uh, thanks for for doing such a great job.
1: Yeah, I think we both did a good job.
0: All right, so since we're uh, basically putting ourselves in the Get Around Hall of Fame, I feel like, let's go ahead and induct us. We are now part of the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. But, James, you had some uh, retroactive athletes that you wanted to throw in.
1: Uh, yeah, a couple of, you know that I just think that we haven't been able to get around to yet this year because we can only get to so many per week and everything. But I think uh, um, I'll go with a couple of girls basketball players. Um, and if you don't have the same boys ones, I'll throw those ones in there too. But um, I was going to say Taylor Petrosky for uh, out of Charlevoix. She had just a a really great season this year, averaging 18 points, seven boards. Emma Skierbeck from McBain, averaging 17 points, four and a half rebounds, and about three steals a game. And just one of the better all-around scorers in the area.
0: We didn't get a chance. These were, I think, two of the big boys that you put on your team but uh cole genema out of cadillac and brady ewing out of petoskey ewing obviously is uh, i know you know what we we did put brady in because that was
1: Yeah, those big games during the
0: playoffs yeah and we just put we were like yeah that's he was one that that everyone got in um but i don't believe that that there are two guests ever got a, uh in there dylan barnowski and sean bramer bramer obviously he got in Back in the football season, for that hook and ladder play that uh, Sutton's Bay ran. And yeah. uh, Braden Steenwick, I don't think we've gotten him in, and he has put up some incredible games. Keelan Pletcher, both of those kids out of Ellsworth. Um, I would imagine we've probably overlooked some Benzie Central players as well. I, I don't know if Nate Childers or Quinn Zickert, uh, two of our guests uh, on the pod, ha- have gotten in, but.
1: I think during districts, I think Quinn Zickert was on there for that game when they beat St. Francis. Oh, and, the flu like, game.
0: And everything. I think we put
1: Zickert in there. He was one of the ones when we had put all three in. Yeah. All
0: right. Anyone else that you want to throw in there, James?
1: Zickard I think should be on there for sure. Um, like you said, um, and some of these ones, I think we, we just kind of, like, assume that we've already put them in, and I'm not sure if we have, you know, like, why I'm You know, or, you know, I'm pretty sure Trevor and Winkle. But, uh,
0: I, I swear to God, this time I'm going to keep a list. It During the spring sports season, I'm going to we keep still, a list.
1: It for a while, and, and then it just kind of fell off to the wayside. Um, two of the really high-scoring guys in the uh, area who really didn't get a whole lot of ink during the season just because their, their teams weren't uh, producing wins a whole lot, like a lot of these other teams and stuff like that, is uh, Garrison Barrett from Central Lake who's actually the third-leading scorer in all of our coverage area at 22 points a game. And uh, Blaine Barkovich from Kalkaska, who's in the top 10 at 19.1 points a game.
0: All right, well, let's throw all of them in there. Everyone that we mentioned uh, retroactively has been inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame for their performances this season as uh, our Athletes of the Winter Congratulations to all of them. They are now part of the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, the Get Around Hall of Fame. Okay, so getting into our trifecta slash duo lipa, uh, which is the dumb name that I have coined for this, uh, since there's only two of us. You brought this up, James, uh, right before uh, I I left here to get in the office, but the Detroit Lions have been selected as the the next team for HBO's uh, Hard Knocks, which is... uh, Obviously, they've followed some some great teams with uh, plenty of drama in the past. Why do you think they chose the Lions?
1: Well, there's a whole bunch of, I think, when the NFL and the HBO came to this agreement for the show, I think the NFL gave them a whole list of things of qualifications that the teams had to have or couldn't have done the previous season to be on the show. So it, there's really every season only maybe like six or seven teams that meet the criteria. I did like not know you that. Can't, you can't have a coach that's in its first, then it's in their first year, and you. So any team with a first year head coach is out. Any team that made the playoffs last year is out. So now you're down to teams that have that were bad last year, but don't have a first year coach, <laughs> and they can't have a, had the show like and have been on the show previously, and all that kind of, some stuff like that. So the the pool is not very big. <laughs> And so the Lions are kind of a attractive team because they have a, a head coach who's very soundbite
0: friendly. He is. I, I think that was one of the things that was uh very attractive to HBO and that is 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 the Lions head coach he he was always given good pressers after games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just uh, all the, all the time. I, I, the, the Detroit media has to love him. And uh you know, and that they You know, that they're kind of an up-and-coming team, you hope. You know, they're going to have a high draft pick this year again. You know, they've got some good young players that I think have some personalities like, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and uh, DeAndre Swift. And, And there's a lot of players that are signing with the Lions to kind of resurrect their careers or have a second chance. And that's kind of, I think, what Hard Knocks is about.
0: So you have, I, I would imagine that you're excited for this, given that you are uh, a, a diehard Detroit Lions fan. Uh, are there any other teams, and we can expand this to all of pro sports and college sports as well, that that you'd like to see uh, have some sort of documentary coverage of them? I think the um, last season of, uh, this last season of Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, even though... Not everybody likes Duke. I, I, that would definitely lend itself to like a good last dance sort of documentary.
1: I think, I think that would. Now that you mention it, I think that would be a good one. <clears throat> I think that the, the the bad boys, Pistons teams, in their prime, I think would have been a great one, even though there is a 30 for 30 on that uh, and stuff. But, uh, you know, if you got to think of maybe a team that had something dramatic happen, so maybe like University of Michigan basketball, when you have the head coach punching a coach from another team in the handshake line, a la Will Smith and Chris Rock.
0: Right, the other famous <laughs> slap so far uh, this year.
1: Uh, I love that the, some people started using the term the slap-rooter film.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: And breaking down the, the whole video.
0: The, yeah, of the, the JFK set. Uh, assassination yeah that's that's very clever uh if we want to go like straight drama uh i would think the miami heat would be interesting to follow i don't know if you saw the clip of uh eric spolstra and jimmy butler getting into it it seems like wherever jimmy butler goes there is some sort of drama that follows him uh and that includes i think what was that they all a bunch of the players showed up uh and wanted to uh, beat the crap out of uh, Jokic, Nikola uh, Jokic, after he like knocked down one of the players. I think the Miami Heat—they've got plenty of drama that would lend itself to to a documentary. Um,
1: yeah, and I think the, the Miami Heat also would be another good one for like the first year of the Big Three. Yeah, when they—oh, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh—that I think would have been a a pretty suit too.
0: So, is there anyone else? Because I want to start now. I want to expand this to our local teams. Like the teams that we have covered that we would want to have a, a hard knocks like sort of uh, coverage. I think
1: Lake Lena would do pretty well as, as far as just being on it. Because, you know, they have a whole bunch of players who are very emotional and I think, but likable characters at the same point and everything. And just being such a small school. You know, even though they're a really good team, they're still kind of that underdog mentality because they're such a small school I mean it's it's what well, that's high, that school is like sixty kids, I think, or something and you know so I think that would be kind of a cool one.
0: I want to go back to two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen. If I had the opportunity, I would follow the Buckley Boys, both the soccer team and their run to the final four and the basketball team, their run to the, uh, the state championship game. Because of the personalities that were on that team, I mean, how great would a documentary with Austin Harris be? Right? And then you've got Denver Cade, Ridge Beeman, Brock Beeman, Joey Weber. I mean, those five who were huge on the soccer team and were also huge on the basketball team, that would have been incredible to have cameras following uh, those kids on, on their journeys to, the again, uh, the state championship stage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, if you're going to do state championship type teams too, you know I think that the TC West soccer team of the last few years would be would be good ones, and the TC Central football team.
0: Yeah, definitely the the Central- or,
1: even, or even Cadillac football, you know, with you know going making that long run to the to the state finals, you know, for the first time in a long long time, as a massive underdog the whole way. I think, you know, knocking off the number one team at the state and, uh, and all that. And I actually ran into the athletic director at Edwards from Edwardsburg in Traverse City a week or two ago, and he was talking about that game uh, to some people that were sitting next to me, and I started talking to him about it and everything. He was talking about how, like, one of their stud middle linebackers had got COVID that week and didn't play, and Cadillac found out about it and we're just running at that spot
0: the whole game. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Take advantage of the weakness. What do you think about uh, Traverse City Central Hockey as as one of those mm-hmm. teams, uh, just because of uh, Chris Givens?
1: I think any hockey team in the area, really. I mean, hockey players are usually characters. You know, we've, we see that in you know, Red Wings camp and all that stuff. But high school hockey players, too, I think are just – they're just kind of characters and fun-loving guys. So I think any of the hockey teams would be great. And then, yeah, get the Givens thing with him. You know, if you follow him into their trips up to the UP, you know, his, his homeland and all that and going up there and everybody knows him and everything and, and just all the respect that he gets around the state from every other coach, it'd, it'd be uh, that would be an interesting one as well.
0: The last one that I'm going to mention, and, again, this is because of the coach, And we actually had his daughter on the podcast a couple weeks ago and asked her about this. But the Gaylord St. Mary girls basketball team, again, Pat Schultz is a a very passionate uh, and honest guy out there. And uh, as I said, a man after my own heart with his um, generous use of the F word. And I'm quite the same way and obviously have to control myself here on the podcast. But I I think that would be fun as well. And also just because of how fun that team is uh, and just their style of play. That would be so interesting. Uh, I think even breaking that down and and looking at the game film and having someone there, uh, that would be an incredible team to follow.
1: Yeah. I thought it was funny during the season that uh, the one time when I went over to Galey St. Mary to cover them when they played like we went off St. Mary and uh, and won that game. Afterwards, he was telling me, he's like, you know, talking about the limitations of his team and how they shoot so many three-pointers, but, you know, they don't really care what the, if the percentage isn't high or anything like that. And he was telling me that he expects somewhere down the road that some team's going to run a four-quarters four corners offense on them and just slow the game down to nothing. And he's like, I don't know what we'll do. And nobody did that.
0: Well, that's what he always said. He I mean, he said to me. He's like, there is no plan B for that team. There is only plan A, and that is yeah. to create havoc on the court.
1: Yeah, I'm just surprised that nobody nobody game planned like that to to try to slow them down by just ultra slowing down the game and going to a a true like Princeton four corners deliberate offense. All
0: right, well, I'm those are the, the teams that I can think of uh, you know, off the top of my head and since you brought that up uh, a few hours ago. And I think that wraps up the show pretty well. You could, you could, one of the, I just, just thought of would be you could do the, uh, the whole following of Dora. Yes, I got an email about that. Someone was very concerned a- about the, the mental state of the, of the Glen Lake girls with that. He's like, that is really disturbing behavior. That is something that they should, you know, examine and and you know, should be watched. I'm like, all right, man. It was just a it was just a joke and, and just a fun article. So yeah, I, I heard the same thing from somebody. Take it down a notch. But all right, that will wrap up episode 212 of the Get Around podcast. We will be back next week with Jim Nagy uh, as our guest. Uh, looking forward to that. So make sure you come back for episode 213. Uh, another yeah. thanks. And, and if
1: folks don't know who Jim Nagy is, um, he's a Traverse City Central grad who is the director of the Senior Bowl, a former NFL scout, and so he'll be talking about all things NFL Draft with us uh, for quite a bit next week.
0: Okay, great. And uh, as I was saying, another thanks to our guests out of Lake Law St. Mary, Dylan Barnowski, and Sean Bramer. A uh, pleasure to have them on here. I've been your host Brendan Queeley, sports editor of the Record Eagle, and with me was James Cook, our senior and veteran reporter. Uh, Make sure that you come back next week, episode 213, but for now, episode 212 is in the books.